This is Kelsey Leonard, and you're listening to Valiantly Spoken. Today I'm talking with Nick Gates about some financial advice for all of us during these crazy times. So tell us how you went from Valley Catholic into being in financial investment. Okay, so graduated Valley Catholic 2003, I think class of about 90, 91 or so. And then went to Oregon State University from 03 to 07, got a degree in finance, business administration with an option in finance and a minor in communications. Then right out of school, I worked for Ameriprise Financial, did it for a whole month. Didn't like the aspect of that type of financial advising personally, didn't really enjoy the high pressure sales environment, the hours just wasn't for me. So I actually started working after that. So that was 2007, 2008, then 2008 to 2013, I worked for Standard Insurance Company in downtown Portland in their retirement plan division. So what I did, I worked operations and I actually worked as a more of doing education for 401k meetings for companies. I would go and actually present. And this is the first taste of the market asset allocation and how that works personally. So then worked there and then worked actually as an account manager the last two and a half years where basically I was the main operational point of contact for retirement plans, HR managers where did the compliance testing, 5,500 help participants. I was their main relationship manager to that point. And then as of April of 2013 to now, I work for Fisher Investments as an investment counselor. So my job is I have a book of clients. I'm on the service side, not the sales side. And my, my job is to purely help the clients in different ways, whether it's communicate the investment strategy, how it relates to their goals, help them with any operational requests, but probably most importantly, help them keep on track. Because believe it or not, people look at the news and they'll make decisions based on what they hear when little they know the financial plan already encompasses or incorporates these crazy times, bad times and good times, we want to put a plan together that no matter what the market does, you're going to be able to make it based on your goals, based on your, your cash needs, based on how long we expect you to be on this earth. All that is incorporated in the plan already. And so something that doesn't quote unquote show up on the stat sheet or the actual physical dollars is helping people not get out of the market at the worst time. Because I'll tell you, there's some people in the last few months that actually have, and they are doing well worse or worse off than if they would have just stayed the course. So what do you think that everyone needs to know right now? Well, if they, this whole year has been a pretty crazy time where basically in our opinion, you had a one month bear market, the quickest one in history, probably anywhere from 30, 35% drop, just like that. And that isn't easy to go through. A third of your wealth on paper is just gone. I'm never going to say that's no big deal. But when it comes to the market and what you're investing in, the main thing of what you're investing in these companies is faith in the future and future earnings. So what we saw and what you should see is even though right now the market or the economy, I should say, is in a little bit of turmoil, quite a bit, a lot of turmoil, I should say, a little bit is underselling it. But we have COVID, we have uh, small businesses, a lot are going under, we have people not going to work. What the stock market is looking at is, is always into the future. So that is why you saw in February the stock market go down before we had a lot of COVID cases, before we even had a recession. It looked forward to that. 
subsequently it looks forward to the actual recovery which if you stayed in the market within a three-month period it looked like nothing happened but a whole lot happened overall and you see right now stocks are looking past stocks are very good looking six 12 months out and you're you're that's why you're buying stocks you're buying the stock market you're buying future earnings and actually some of the bigger companies have earned quite well better than what was expected and you saw their stock go up and you see them continue the market go up it's looking past this because what it's looking at is we feel that the economy will be more on track sometime in the future compared to where it is now don't get me wrong right now is is not great we could be in a re, probably in a recession and things are affected overall but that's why often you have an up market in the middle of a recession because the drop happened before it and now the recovery is happening after it and so i would say number one stocks are very forward-looking remember that when it comes to it and number two when you put a financial plan together and what i do for my clients and help assist with that bear markets and downturns are included we don't want to assume that you'll never go through downturn people would average 50 percent a year if there was never downturns it it's never great to go through it's horrible times to go through but it doesn't mean the plan is broken because it should incorporate good and bad times that's where you get on average maybe six to ten percent annualized over a 10 20 30 year period that includes these type of crazy times so what are the mistakes that people might make during these times emotion emotion is the number one deterrent from people reaching their goals in my opinion and it usually comes from two factors fear or greed greed the most not most recent, but a good poster child of greed was during the tech bubble in the early 2000s. People, you had the pets.com had no earnings and people wanted to buy as much pets.com stock when literally they had no economic backing at all. People just said, I want in tech right now. That's it. That is all I want. People getting greedy when you stop. The joke is when you start getting stock tips from your nephew or your Uber driver or something like that. That's when you have to take a step back and say, are, are, is the people getting too greedy? Is there, are we in euphoria? Is that happening? Subsequently, right now is more fear. The whole world's going downhill. We're all going down. The whole economy is going to collapse. We'll never get out of this. The thing about it is, if you look at the last 100 years, going back from when the stock market, the S&P 500, has, has gone back since 1926, when you've looked at that, we've had world wars. We've had pandemics, I mean, Spanish flu happened 100 years ago. We had that. We've had great depressions. We've had assassinations. We've had economic collapses, financial crises, tech bubbles. We've had all of that. And lo and behold, the stock market has gone through all of it because everybody thinks it's going to be different, but generally it's not. There's some of the repeat. I'm not saying because a pandemic has never officially caused a bear market and it just did. So I'm not saying it never could happen but it often rhymes with the past. We can gauge on it and say, the human race is very innovative and very resilient. They have gotten through every bad thing. We have not blown ourselves up in any way. And minus every single company on earth no longer ceasing to exist, that's when the market would go to nothing. And if that happened, guess what? Money doesn't mean anything. We're back to trying to, trying to shoot buffalo and kill for meat. We're back to that, we're back to scavenging. And that hasn't been the case. So fear and the media, I mean, think about this. The media's bread and butter is 
getting ad revenue and how do they get ad revenue? They get it from eyeballs, whether fear or greed. Oh my goodness, this is the worst thing ever. You need to do something. They're not going to say, hey, we'll get through this. They don't say that because that's not, people won't. It's same with your local news. If it bleeds, it leads. And that goes for this. And that is what people, emotion is the biggest thing. Understanding that. And I would say another thing is being too conservative as soon as you hit retirement is another. And I say that because people retire at 60 or 65 on average, let's say. The interesting thing is people are living in the 80s and 90s pretty regularly these days. So if you retire at 65 and you could live to 90, that's still 25 years. That's a long time to not instantly get all your money out of the market and just say, hey, I hope I'm going to be okay. Because number one, not growing it enough is a big concern that nobody talks about. People just look at the volatility up and down and say, I don't want to stomach that even though long term it does very well. And two, they assume their expenses will stay the same. But I have something to tell you. A lot of expenses people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s consume, like medical services, doctor services, healthcare-related things, are growing at an extremely rapid rate compared to inflation. They're just, I mean, they're growing the last 30 years 400% compared to clothes and a car really haven't grown at all, for example. So that's the thing, people. you got to grow it enough. You have to assume you're going to live that long to make sure you combat with the rising cost of everything, then just put your money underneath a mattress because nobody in my life and my work career has guaranteed me they know what to the T their expenses will be for the rest of their life because they get sick in a home. All of a sudden they need to pay 10,000 a month for, for home healthcare. That's a lot of money. That's got to come from somewhere. And so for anybody who is listening to this and feeling Concerned, stress. What are are there any actionable things people can do to ease that worry? I I would say number one, turn off the news. <laughs> that would be I, I I joke about that, but it's a hundred percent true. Because again, I go back to different biases, different emotion is the biggest is the biggest reason people don't achieve what they should. Because if you think about it, over the last hundred years, the market has always done what people needed to. It's always averaged that six to 10%, maybe more, maybe a little less. It's basically giving people what they need to grow their money enough to have a very comfortable lifestyle outside of work. So you say, why have people not achieved that? It's their emotion reaction. So number one, I mean, talk to people about their feelings, talk to others, talk to other investment professionals like myself, where we're taking emotion out of it on purpose, because we know, think about the biases you have. Think about other times we've had bad things happen. I mean, 9-11, people thought they'd never fly again. That wasn't the case. Financial crisis, people thought banking would never be the same. That wasn't the case. Human, again, human nature is very innovative and very resilient. We've always gotten out of every single thing. So think about your biases. Political as well. People talk about politics and how the impact has a very big impact, but not only presidency of the House and Senate, how that looks, if it's a blue wave, red wave, if it's gridlock. Overall, that's important. What they actually push overall once a new person gets in, if it happens to Biden as opposed to Trump again, there's a lot of factors on that. And again, even with all this happening, you don't necessarily have to do anything because this plan should incorporate these type of things. So keep your emotions in check as much as you want to be emotionally, emotionally charged. Don't separate the emotion from the financial aspect of it. 
that's probably the number one thing. Emotion, again, is the biggest thing. People don't achieve what they want to achieve and try to, as hard, I mean, I've, I've had very successful professionals that have a hard time doing it. They've been done great. May, they could be millionaires and yet they'll still act like, wait a second, is, should I be doing something different even though they don't necessarily need to? So they're not alone. This is very common people have and this is why we need to separate emotion from it because if you invest on emotion you're going to get nowhere near if you invest on the long-term aspect of what this is for then you're going to make it and you got to separate the two you got to separate emotion from actual financial goals so when you're investing through work as many of us do i assume that they also have a plan for this investment and that they understand what's going on and are prepared for it in the way that you've described Yes. Yeah, so generally with them, it, it, the onus is on you personally or the individual now. They, they've Over time, companies have gone away from pensions. Back in the day, I used to work for GE for 40 years. You had a pension with Social Security, you're good. Pensions are very expensive because they have to ensure every single participant are, is taken care of. That's very expensive to do. So they've changed it to more defined contribution plans for 3Bs, 401ks, those type of things to say, Okay, you have to save or select it. So what I would say for most people, there could be model portfolios that show it for people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. If you're not going to touch this money for decades, you should be mostly, if not all, in the stock market. Because again, your plan is you don't need it. You want it to have the best chance to grow, even though volatility could be up and down the most. The reward long term for when you're not going to touch it is still by far superior than anything else out there. So I would say mostly or 100% in the stock market, you want to have a healthy balance of probably foreign and U.S. stocks because they often change leadership. So some uh, right now, if you look at the general, U.S. is probably is done better right now, but there's ones that often shifts quite a bit where in the 90s, certain one could do better in the 80s, another one in the 70s, it shifts. So I think a mix of both to dampen that volatility is very important. Again, volatility is how severe the ups and downs go, it goes both ways. And contribute as much as you can. Anything is going to help. If you can open up additional retirement accounts like an IRA, Roth IRA, uh, individual or joint account with your spouse or, or anything, any money you're going to put away is going to help. The, the good thing about 401ks or 403bs, it's basically put in there prior to you seeing it. Because when it's in your bank account, it's a lot easier to spend it than it goes in before. So I would say if you can do as much as you can, all of it's going to help because people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, even 50s, if you're going to be on this earth to your 80s and 90s, that's a lot of time for it to compound and grow. And the more you put in, the better off. And I know it's hard, people living paycheck to paycheck, but I will say any dime you put in either your, your company plan or your actual outside accounts, it's very easy to open up accounts at Fidelity and Schwab these days online, TD Ameritrade. It's extremely easy to do it. You can do it in five minutes. Put it in, have a regular $100 a month, $50 a month, $20 a month contribution go into some account. By the time you close your eyes five years from now, you'd be like, wow, where the Several thousands, even tens of thousands could be in there, depending on what you contribute based on the market. And again, if your goal is you don't need this anytime soon, that's going to give it the best chance. Growth for a lot of people, younger people, is extremely important. And not growing enough could be a real concern. And I mean, part of my job is to help people you put what you can, put mostly in stocks probably right now if you're at that age. 
that's definitely going to help you and anything you can put in is going to help money in the market for a longer time is going to benefit you more than, than adding more money late time in the market is much more important. Thanks for chatting with us today, Nick. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. As always, Valiantly Spoken is sponsored by your alumni advisory committee.